is the e-commerce coffee break the podcast dedicated to shopify store owners who want to optimize their business for maximum conversions and revenue each week you're going to get actionable advice and hear from special guests talking about various topics on how to run a profitable business on shopify learn how to survive in the fast-changing e-commerce world with your host klaus lauter and get e-commerce insights you can't google welcome to the show Hello and welcome to another episode of the e-commerce coffee break. Today we want to talk about problems that merchants might have when they work in emerging market. Obviously, first world countries have a good infrastructure. If you're coming to developing or emerging markets, um, that might be completely different and there might it might be a good idea to look into your own fulfillment services. Therefore, with me today on the show, I have Max Rust. He is the co-founder of Klar at getklar.com. Max has helped more than 100 DTC brands solve their expansion and growth issues, so he has a vast background when it comes to growing businesses. He has started business in Chinese in Germany in Shanghai. After that, he came to South Africa, where he became the chief marketing officer at Sando, the country's largest online fashion retailer. After that, he worked at, as CMO at Otonova, a digital private health insurance, and then also at YFood, one of the top D2C food companies in Europe. It does 100 million euros in revenue, and he grew the marketing team from 15 to 45 people over time. Now, Max, as I said, has a lot of background in the field of e-commerce, of growing businesses, and that's what I'm going to talk about. So first of all, hello, Max. How are you today? Hi, Klaus. Thank you for the invitation. All going well. Thank you. Give me a bit of background. How, what got you into e-commerce? What got you into um, marketing and growing businesses? Yeah, I mean, you already gave quite a bit of background of myself. So that kind of really explains it. I, I came down from Shanghai to Cape Town. Um, and originally, I only wanted to stay for a short period of time and continue my studies after. But then, uh, well, fell in love with the city, fell in love with, uh, you know, growing companies, e-commerce businesses. And um, originally for the first year was having more of a BI-related role. Um, but then after a year... There was a bit of a well management change in the company. My former um, boss became the new MD, and he knew I, you, you know, he knew that I was good with numbers, and he said like, "Hey Max, I don't know what's going on in in marketing. Um, just you know, dive in, see what's going on, and fix it." And that's kind of I got thrown into the deep end, and yeah, that's how it all started. Okay, so we have some similarities there. I'm in Cape Town since 2007. It was never planned. Now it's 17 years, um, yeah. obviously. It's on a great city. Now, when it comes to emerging markets like South Africa here, for example, there are very specific issues that someone who is working in Europe or in um, America is not aware of. What were the struggles when you started your business here? Yeah. So, I mean, to be frank, we had we were part of a group that was like a larger Africa group. It's now Jumia, um, which is like the first tech unicorn in Africa. And I think South Africa is still a bit different to the rest of Africa. Um, it's probably like a more of a hybrid country in that way. But uh, in general, and also now speaking to um, about what I learned from the other countries, I mean, the biggest, biggest concern was, and we still have that in, the, in, in developed markets in some way, but it's trust. You know, people generally, they think everything that's online is, is a scam. Even if you're like a super established company, like literally everything that is online is a scam. And then also, which is why, um, you know, the dominant payment method that we had at Zendo was cash on delivery, where you literally, you know, pay cash to the person handing you a package because then people could be sure 
that they only well were paying when they got the product and not being scammed. Okay, no, makes makes total sense. Obviously, yes, um, payments processing in countries very very different. Um, if you are yeah. specifically here in South Africa, I know a lot of people do not have bank accounts; they don't have credit cards. So, if you want to deliver, then obviously you have to find a way to um, offer a way yeah. to do that for them. The other way, obviously, or the other problem that I saw with a couple of businesses that I started here was specifically the distances. Um, specifically, mm. South Africa is a vast country, so getting a product, a physical product to somebody who is in the middle of nowhere, hours and hours away from the next big city can be really a struggle. So now focusing a little bit on the fulfillment services, yeah. how did you grow, grow in this area? So yeah, that was also a big, big uh, issue because, um, well, we essentially started by building out our own last mile delivery, right? So we now have in developed countries, we have um, a bunch of different providers, food providers, like food delivery and everything that do their last mile delivery themselves. We already did that uh, 10 years ago, uh, only for the major cities. So I think we did Joburg and Cape Town first, and then we added Durban after. So I think um, after like two years or something, 70% of our last mile delivery was actually done by ourselves just because the infrastructure in place there was not really good. The prices were extremely high, um, especially, um, you know, for remote areas, you had massive, massive uh, surcharges on the delivery. Um, Also, if you delivered stuff into townships, there were like massive premiums you had to pay in order to get, in order to get that stuff delivered. So some of the things that we did were not really um, profitable from like a simple unit economics perspective, but we still did them because, we wanted to be able to claim, you know, free nationwide delivery. Um, so also some of the logistics stuff was pretty purely done for marketing reasons, again, to build up their trust. We also had a um, added in a three-hour delivery in Cape Town where our warehouse was situated. Um, and that was, you know, not because... <laughs> People needed three-hour delivery for fashion back then, especially. But it was just kind of to 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 communicate, hey, if these if these guys can deliver something in three hours, you know, I can also trust them to deliver something to me in like two or three days. So that was like pretty much just a trust building marketing play, and had not really anything to do with like a, like a real customer need. Mm-hmm. Definitely a good idea on marketing to sort of um, over deliver if you can, even if people do not expect that, uh, that definitely builds trust. Now in these emerging markets, um, not a lot of people or by now, specifically in South Africa and through the pandemic are getting used to doing things online and buying stuff online. When you started, what's the biggest problem there? You said payment was one problem, delivery was another problem. Were there any other issues? Tons of issue, but now if we talk like the emerging market specifically, it was uh, also access to internet, you know. <laughs> um, we actually had um, MTN as an investor and also in the group, which is like one of the largest telco networks in the continent. So similar to like a, uh, like a T-Mobile or an AT&T you might have in the US. Um, and we then negotiated with them to basically make, make data to our site free. So basically could, people could browse our site without having been charged data on their plans, um, which obviously then made it much easier to, to well access our site and actually buy stuff. You know, so that was another thing that was, I say, market specific. That was a kind of like a big, big pain to overcome. Mm. 
obviously in these markets there's a, a steep learning curve um we had this with our company that we started a couple of years um the same issue it's interesting that you sort of need to educate your potential customer on, on a lot of different levels um we had people calling in saying they don't trust um typing in their credit card details on the website they just want to give us the credit card details over the phone which obviously is a much bigger issue for a company <laughs> dealing with the data now yeah. with getclar.com um tell me a little bit about what you do nowadays i um it's something that's sure. um so with a lot of data and i think um will help on a global scale yeah um so when i was at y food um like you mentioned we grew quite rapidly and um I kind of saw, you know, you and I have Shopify, you have like a Klaviyo, like tools that are easy to set up, get scale quite well with as the company grows. And um, YFood was still mostly on spreadsheets and data studio at the time to manage all the data. But like things were getting pretty complicated. The team was getting bigger. And I was looking for like a central place to manage everything, uh, similar to like a Shopify or Klaviyo. Um, and took a bunch of demos and nothing really, you know, um, was to the level where I would have liked it and I built it myself in the past. So um, yeah, that's something I started doing. It's kind of like we called it, our, we call it a single source of truth. So you can basically connect all your data sources. We pull data from their APIs on a daily basis or multiple times per day, but then you can also configure them to actually, re to actually reflect your reality. So especially small, medium e-commerce brands, they often have quite messy data. And if you just assume a very one-size-fits-all model, the data is oftentimes just maybe directionally correct, but not actually accurate to make decisions on. So we build like a customization and configuration layer on top of that so that you can configure your data sources and you get to your reality very quickly. Plus, we also integrate the entire variable cost structure so that you can get your product cost, logistics cost, transaction costs on a, again, very detailed level um, with allowing you then to kind of create um, cohort reportings with an integrated PL, allow you to slice and dice your customers uh, based on customer lifetime value, based on what channel did they come from, what product did they buy um, and all those sorts of things. Okay. A uh, couple of questions there. Can you break it down in country-specific markets? We're talking about companies delivering globally or to specific yeah, countries. Yeah, that's, that's fine. So there's two ways. Either you have a multi-shop setup that you have different shops for different countries. Uh, we support that. Um, or we just use the, um, the, the shipping country from the delivery address in order to you know, break it up. Mm -hmm. That possibly then goes also for currencies and currency currency exchange rates and stuff like that. Is that right? Or? Um, so we have um, two different ways. There's two different solutions to it. The one is um, when you have like, like a different shop, uh, like a different shop system um, for each currency. That's something we already support. Um, if you have like multiple currencies within one shop system, it's not being normalized and also different currencies between a shop system and an ad account. And you basically want to convert stuff um, into one currency. That's something uh, we're building in the next few months to support, but yeah. Okay, cool. Who's the perfect customer for, for your system? Yeah. So we focus on um, like our customer that we built for, you know, I mean, obviously we have a bit of a wider range of people who use the tool, but when we think about feature development, we kind of look at uh, brands doing like three to 10 million in annual revenue um, they 
probably don't really have their own BI team yet, um, or the BI team is severely understaffed and can't really deliver um, at that scale that they really need. And yeah, that's kind of like who we're looking at specifically, um, currently supporting Shopify as a shop system, um, but adding also additional shop systems like a, like a WooCommerce in the near future. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, what would be your golden nugget to um, give someone who is trying to expand their business, their online business to emerging markets? So sitting like, for instance, in Germany, and they're thinking about they want to start selling in like South Africa, as an example, or anywhere else. <laughs> I mean, the question first of all is why? <laughs> I guess um, it's not really the most low-hanging fruit to to um, to get into. So probably like emerging markets, I think, have an extremely tough trade-off from like a complexity to short-term return. So I think if you go into an emerging market right now, oftentimes um, it's a bit more of a long-term play. You need to be in it for a long haul. Um, otherwise, I think the You know, cost to benefit ratio short term is not really worth it for most markets. Um, and then, yeah, just be aware that those places are, you know, culturally also very different. Um, and probably even like within the country, there are many different cultures that are quite, quite unique. Um, that may not apply really to your product. So if you sell phone cases, that may not be as relevant as if you maybe sell fashion products, you know, and there's also levels to that. But usually these countries are very different and also quite diverse within them. Okay, no good point there. I think the, the part of um, that there is just a different culture there um, plays very strongly in it. Um, I have seen that in the past from businesses who try to start a German business in brackets, a German mm. business that was doing very well in Germany, doing the same thing in South Africa. And a lot of them didn't make it um, because they, yeah, it was just not accepted the way they yeah. were doing business or the product was just not hitting the market in that way. And it, cool, and, it, and, yeah. and it sounds, and, and, and it sounds obvious, you know, um, but it's also often something that's just overlooked and you don't feel like it's as severe as it actually turns out to be. I mean, when we expanded Wifood, we were just doing that across Europe you know, um, from Germany, we kind of had to relearn quite a lot of stuff also, you know, a couple of things transferred, but many things also we had to kind of like really start from scratch and kind of understand what's new, yeah. what's different. I think that's the um, challenges of being an entrepreneur. It's, it's lifelong learning, <laughs> being surprised about the things that you're guessing and then it turns out completely different. Where yeah. can people find out more about Clark? So, uh, yeah, you mentioned the website, getcla.com uh, is a great place. Also, otherwise, uh, on my LinkedIn, I'm quite active um, sharing what I learn, you know, from all the data that we gather from the brands and sharing the best highlights from that. Sounds great. Cool. I will put both of the links in the show notes and people can click through okay. and get directly to you. Cool. Thanks so much, Max, for your time. It was very insightful and um, I hope you get a lot of people trying out Kla and um, implementing that into their business. Thanks so much right. for your time. Thank you, Klaus. Bye-bye. Hey, Klaus here. If you're a Shopify store owner and you're feeling stuck, overwhelmed, and not sure what to do next to grow your business, you struggle to convert traffic into sales or turn website visitors into buyers, and you want to like have direct access to a mentor who can assist you with your store strategy, offer marketing, sales, and anything else you need, then I would like to invite you to apply for my Get Conversions program, where I show you how to remove the guest work out of growing your Shopify business and create clarity to optimize your business for maximal growth and profit. It's an application-only program. To apply, go to my website, klauslauter.com, to learn more. 
And finally, please do not forget to subscribe, like and comment. And I would be grateful if you would leave a quick, honest rating and review over at Apple iTunes. It's a huge help and allows me to reach more people with the podcast. Thanks in advance and until next time at the e-commerce coffee break.